everybody. It's another episode of Snipes and Stripes on NoFilter.net. I am wearing my wilderness whiskey, wilderness whiskey garb, as you can see, Tim. Whiskey in the wild. Love it. So you got your Snipes and Stripes all looking good. You're looking good this Wednesday. Are you um, recovered from your trip to Pittsburgh with your uh, Mr. with your Mr. Hamel, your 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 uh, referee sidekick for many many years? It sounds like yeah. you had a great time. Yeah, we had a great time. I flew in Monday, came back this afternoon uh, for the North American Hockey League top prospect game. I'm telling you, Jr., these kids. This is the you know this is the league below the USHL. These kids are good, man. A lot of them are getting D1, D3 scholarships. Very impressed. The hockey. These kids are 17, 16, 17, 18. How old are these kids? 18. Yeah, 17, 18, 19. Some of them 20. Yeah, that's it's It's my my nephews play in the uh, in the NAL in the NAHL, um, which is a great league up uh, up up north. Pretty much, pretty much all over the country right now. There, it's a step underneath the USHL. Also, these kids can play, man. It's um, it's impressive, and it's it's these all these leagues that are happening right now across the, the country are great stepping stones and building blocks for these kids to get to college, whether it's division one or division three, exactly. a lot more kids are getting educations because of all of these leagues that are allowing these kids to play at a younger age and get more developed before they go to school. It wasn't uh players weren't that good at that young age when you and I were growing up, buddy, it's changed. Hey, say, <laughs> excuse me. I was playing in the national hockey league at 18 years old. I yeah, that's that's okay. Okay. Sorry, well, Sorry buddy. I'm gonna have to... Well, I was cleaning clubs at the golf course. And, and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, so we got to thank our sponsors uh, right off the right off the bat. Bet online, thank you very much to them. It's playoff time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. And our partner, Bet Online, is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines, with everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss. I'll, I'll be betting on the coin toss to the color of Gatorade. Bet online is the number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online and join today to get into all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. You know what you didn't say is how many different bets you can bet on Taylor Swift. You can bet on Taylor <laughs> Swift. I think there's like seven different uh, options on Taylor Swift bets. You know whether she'll make it back from Tokyo for the game. Uh, she's got a she got a show on Saturday night, so she's got to take her Falcon, you know, all the way back across the pond oh, to the make it there thing. just in time. Uh, there's bets on whether uh, Kelsey's going to ask her to marry him, whether she's going to endorse Biden again for another, if she does, then I know she's really stupid, but, um, uh, it, there's a lot of Taylor Swift bets. How many times she's going to be seen? Is, she, is it be more in the first half or more in the second half? I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. All these people and, and, that is and what hey, very quickly, you mentioned Kelsey and there was something on social media a couple of days ago, and it was a picture of, of, uh, Jason Kelsey, when he didn't have a shirt on. Awesome. And, and the comment was, my wife said, oh, isn't that cute? And this guy says, yeah, my wife said, isn't that cute? But when I did that at Cindy and Tony's wedding, she said that I was a drunken asshole. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, if you had as much money as much money as Jason Kelsey, then I think maybe you might be pretty cute too, though. So yeah, I, guess exactly. it, I, guess, I guess it depends who it is. But again, I'm wearing my... Whiskey in the wild garb. I am not drinking this month. I am taking the 28 days, not 29. I actually drank on February 1st because I don't like leap years. So I'm taking the 28 days, kind of shutting it down a little bit for, for the month. See if I could drop a couple LBs because I'm kind of tipping the scale a little bit, Tim. You know how that is. So uh, hopefully I can do that. And talk about tipping the scale. I, I know we talked about this a little bit on, on Snipes and Stripes Weekend Edition on Monday. But I, I gotta, I gotta say again, the National Hockey League did such a great job last week in putting on what, what I thought was one of the best All Star games that I've seen in many, many, many years for a lot of different reasons. I think their creativity on what they did to, uh, to allow more talent to come out. I thought the skills competition was so perfectly done. They moved it along. There were great um, challenges in in the in the entire show, and I love that they only had a certain players to do it. Not have everybody on the ice. You had a select few that everybody wants to see do these challenges. Some of the most talented players on the planet, and um, 
then I love to see the players have captains and choose, you know, the guys that they wanted to play with. It wasn't just yeah. North, North, South metropolitan, you know, Pacific. It was, it was captains. And I thought for sure, um, for sure that it was going to be a hit because you want to see Matthews play with, with Clayton Keller. You want to see different guys. And, and it's really cool to see who other players respect, like, and admire by choosing them to come on your team. Who was the last player that was picked? Uh, who got the so it's, it's, it was It's like Albert, right? So Albert is like, it's a, it's a big fight. It's a commercial in Canada. It's about the last guy that always gets picked. You know, in the um, in in the pond hockey game or the street hockey game or whatever, and nobody wants to get picked last. So um, you know what, the guy that got picked last in the NFL, Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant, he's leading their team to a Super Bowl. Wow, isn't that cool? Yeah, that's so, right. No, the All Star Game was phenomenal. Uh, you know, you're in Toronto. You know, the the fans there are amazing fans. The fan fest that they had, that just everything the entire weekend. Oh, just it was fantastic, beautiful. right? Looked beautiful. Yeah, it was really, it was really well done. I, the National Hockey League worked really hard. They put on a good show. They had good performances. Um, I, the my hats off to all the players that really came and showed what it's like to, and and showed a lot of pride. With the exception yeah. of Nikita Kucherov. With the exception of Nikita Kucherov. Now this. I'm telling you right now, Tim, you just, it bothered me so much. And I'm a Nikita Kucherov fan. And it bothered me so much to watch this guy float around the ice and not give a squat about, about the effort that went in. And look at this guy. Look, 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 look at the, look, at, he doesn't even make a, a stride. Uh, this is a guy who does not want to be there. This is a guy who does not want to be in the skills competition. He's showing no respect to the fans by giving them something to cheer about. He's no. not even skating. He's gliding up the ice. Now, this is a timed event. Look, there's 20 seconds left in this thing, and he's just throwing pucks aimlessly, doesn't care where they go, and he got booed, and he got booed bad. Rightfully. Right. He rightfully, rightfully, he got booed, Jr. That was that was embarrassing. You played in nine All Star games, buddy. You felt it was an honor and a privilege to represent your team and represent the league and and play hard. You even threw a hit against Zitnik, uh, I think, one year and knocked him in, on his butt. Like you, you took that serious, didn't you? I did. I took it personal, also, because I, when I was there, I tried my hardest to, I tried my hardest to win. I tried my hardest to give my best effort. You know, I, I really wanted to win the accuracy shooting. I didn't want someone to beat me if I was in the fastest skater. You know, that's that's pride. You know, you want to talk about pride? You want to talk about pride? There's one player in the, in the National Hockey League that didn't have to work hard, didn't have to put everything into it, but he did. And that's Connor McDavid. All right. And Connor McDavid has the pride in himself because he is known as the best player in the world. And Connor McDavid put on a performance at the all-star game, especially on Friday night. Like if there's any game, any part of the weekend where it's um, where he doesn't have to put as much into it yep. this Friday night and to watch Connor McDavid, we'll see. I think we have a couple a couple of clips on Connor McDavid in, in the, um, in the uh, skills competition, but look at this guy, look at the hustle, look at the dig, look at the speed. And I know this is the fastest skater, and this is he has a lot of pride in this. But come on, man. Look, he could get seriously hurt doing this, but no, he is going at top speed. I could watch that I could watch him skate all day. It's it's amazing his edge work, but you're absolutely right. He that's a guy that you know you don't expect him to he's not gonna take the night off, but he he gave it everything at that all-star game. He represent, you know, he's he knows he's probably the number one player in the world and, and look at this look at this again look at him going through through all these and he's he's moving it this is not an easy easy event and he's he's going after it and do you think he do you think he wants to be known as the greatest player in the world and in and being the greatest player in the world look at look at him go i mean I come on now look at him look at him move look at the difference between Connor mcdavid and nikita kucherov it is Night and, night and day difference and this yeah. is what you call class 
And this is what you call professionalism. And he buries it and shows everybody why he's the greatest player on the planet. And he just wiped the slate clean with everybody. Kale McCarr was awesome also. And so was McKinnon. But, you know, you Nikita Kucherov, yeah, you're having a great year. You might be mad that you weren't your your country wasn't part of the of the four four nations cup um, tournament that they just announced. Um, whatever the case may be, you don't want to get hurt. Um, but man, show a little pride towards the league. Show a little respect towards the fans who paid a lot of money in that building to go watch that event. Pay a little respect to the people that that worked their their asses off. You know, putting together that whole beautiful all-star game weekend and all the work that went into it, all the volunteers and, you know, have some respect for your, cause he represented the Tampa Bay lightning and I thought he let them down. I really did. Well, and you just mentioned the four nations thing and, and I, I want to get your point of view on this because yeah, we, we've got, we understand we've got wars going on. Okay. But the, these players that play for different countries, or, you know, are from different countries that play in the National Hockey League, are all NHLPA paying members, paying dues, they pay their dues. Why should certain countries be left out when, it, you know, for example, Leon Dreisaitl, you're not going to see him in the Four Nations Cup because, you know, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with it. I think there's going to be a lot of talented players that aren't going to be uh, taking part of this event that should be great to watch, but there's going to be a lot of great players not playing it. Hey, listen, the, the Czech Republic, not going to see Pasternak playing. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of a lot of very good players that are not going to be playing in this, and I don't know what the decisions were or what what the um, you know why they decided to have these four countries, um, what the parameters were on making these decisions. But when you're going to alienate and alienate the the Russians, when you're going to alienate the Czechs, um, you know, even even the Germany's got good stuff. Sweden, uh, the Switzerland has good teams. I mean, it's, it's, you're, 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 you're going to get a lot of guys pissed off and maybe Kucherov was pissed off that his, his country got left off of that. And you know, a lot of these, a lot of these big companies, they don't, they make stupid decisions and then they look back and sometimes they change them. For example, the IIHF. Uh, wasn't going to let the country of, of uh, Israel go to one of their tournaments upcoming. And they, you know, these, we know what's going on over there with the Hamas and so on. And quickly, they within a, a few days, they changed it and they, they're allowing them to go. So I don't know, you know, these decisions are above your and I pay grade. Yeah. I don't, I don't agree with it. So, yeah. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta agree with you. I have to agree with you, but um I'm I'm sure it's still going to be a great tournament, but um, hopefully they involve other countries um, in the future in the same event. So we'll see what happens. Before we get to the topics that you and I uh, had discussed earlier, did you see the Brendan Dillon hit last night on Achari? No, I missed it. I missed it. Well, he he got him in the head. He he was really he was basically standing still at the blue line. And Achari came in and, and he had his head down and Dylan just stood there and he collided into his, into his, his shoulder and yeah. they called a match penalty. I, I don't, I, I agree. I think it's a, it's a head, it's definitely a headshot, but this wasn't similar to, to, you know, people are like, Oh, he needs more than five games. This wasn't like the Brendan Gallagher incident at all. It was completely different. And I just, you know, he's having a hearing today. He's going to get suspended but sometimes injuries happen, bad things happen and in our game, but it doesn't always necessarily mean that you've got to suspend a player because somebody's hurt. Yeah, and I don't, it happens a lot, Tim. I think it happens a lot. And, um, you know, I don't know if, um, if Smitty can find that tape and try to sneak it in while we're talking to us. But um, I didn't see it, so I really I, – I, I think I'd be doing a disservice by by talking about it. But – there's no question. There's a lot of people that were mad <laughs> that Brendan Gallagher only got five games. They, a lot of people thought he should have gotten 10 games for the hit um, to the head. Um, even for a guy who doesn't have a, a history, um, you know, that's it, – it's the National Hockey League has got to find a way, Tim, to have a little bit more <laughs> consistency in the way that they're calling these, these suspensions, these headshots – 
obviously they're all different, but they keep happening and nobody knows what's going to happen. So whenever you have, whenever you question something or it's something is, is, you know, stuck up in the air, um, guys are going to continue to have liberties and they're not going to, they're not going to think about it. And they're going to continue to play, you know, the reckless way that they play. I don't think Dylan, what you're talking about, I don't think Dylan was reckless. He's a pretty honest player. Wouldn't you? Very honest player. I love him. I take him on my team any, any day. Yeah. Uh, So the, uh, but he's, anyway, he's going to get suspended. My point is a lot of bad things happen. It, it's, you know, we're, we, we tend to, um, we tend to suspend on the injury and not necessarily the intent. And I don't think there was any intent. I think also, I think, I think the severity of how it looks. Correct. The optics, the optics really um, have something to do with it also. Um, maybe a little bit even more so than the injury that is, that is, that has occurred. Right. Um, you know, there, it's such a slippery slope. Here we go. Here, here's the head. So, we, all right. So first of all, he's got his head down, right? Yeah. He's got his head down. So number one, you don't come through neutral ice with your head down. So we play that again, take that back again. Let's see if we can see, watch, watch, watch me come up to watch this. He comes up to the ice. He has his head down. That is a perfect stand-up as a defenseman. That's how a defenseman is taught to play the game. Who did he hit? Achari. So he hit Achari. Achari's been in the game for a long time, okay? He's played for a while. You know, look at him. I mean, Dylan, his head Dylan's down. Dylan, yeah, Dylan. Sorry, Jared. Dylan's arms are down by his side when he makes that hit. Like, well, and, and also look at the size difference in players. And he's standing there. Dylan's take, just take it back standing. against Smitty. Take it back against Smitty. Let's take a look at this again. But again, size difference. And this player put himself in a tough. That is Dylan's job is to step up. Well, what's he supposed to do? Just let him go by? If he like that's that's his only other option there is to let him go by and not hit him. He has zero. Yeah. Zero option there. Here, watch this. It's it's a little closer angle. Head down. And he's – look at – he actually put his head – look at his, how, look where he puts his head. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not Brendan Dillon's fault that his head was leading the way. No. Anyway, uh, sometimes – Again, Good job, Spitty, for pulling that up because I wanted Jr. I wanted you to see that and get your thoughts because you and I are on the same page here. I don't have a problem with them calling that on the ice real time, blah blah blah. But I don't think this guy should get supplementary dis- discipline, and he is. He's going to be suspended. So, well, I don't know. Did they take out the the clause where the player that gets hit also has to have responsibility for the position that he puts himself in. If he puts himself in a vulnerable position, he needs to be, have be accountable for that position. He put in Achari put himself in a vulnerable position. Not only, not only did he come with his head down, but he kind of lost the puck and he reached for it. Right. So his head was leading the way. Now, when you have a, a defenseman who is this, a, a hitter like Dylan is, his job is to step up. He's doing his job. He didn't raise his elbow. He didn't no. jump. No. He didn't throw. He ran into his elbow. He ran into his shoulder. He <laughs> put his face first into Dylan's shoulder. And there is a difference in that I hit, agree. I believe. A big difference. I agree. I agree. Okay. Whereas, whereas, Brett, whereas Gallagher came in, he lifted his arm up, then lifted his elbow into the head. Oh, yeah. That Completely. That is, is totally different scenarios let's uh let's move on to the red hot edmonton oilers uh i I think the all-star game you know maybe maybe if they were playing vegas it wouldn't you know if if it wouldn't have mattered uh because they were going into a tough environment to play in against the the former stanley cup champions defending stanley cup champions Uh, maybe and maybe it wouldn't have mattered but i'd like to i would i'd like if we could wind it back and see if they didn't have that, you know, week long break, would they have continued their streak and, and tied the uh <laughs> tied Edmonton or tied the Pittsburgh Penguins for, for 17. Listen, so. it, all the odds were against them. You know, everything was against the Edmonton Oilers coming into <clears throat> into last night. 
you know, they, I think their last game was last Saturday or last Sunday. So they literally had eight or nine games going into last night and on the road into Las Vegas, which is a very difficult place to play. Uh, The Golden Knights play very well in their home building. And, you know, it was, it was, it was fun to watch. Um, Aiden Hill, Aiden Hill looked like Aiden Hill. Yeah. Aiden Hill played great. Yeah. Uh, Edmonton looked like they started off well. You know, Connor McDavid gets the first goal shorthanded. It looks like they're going to roll. But, um, you know, Vegas, again, th- this is a very diff- a very difficult team to play against. That building is loud. It's intimidating. Um, it's it's yeah, awesome. Yeah here, here, yeah, here it is to start the, start the game, get it in there, one nothing, shorthanded. I mean, that's in the first five minutes of the game. So it, it, everything looked good. But – you knew that the Golden Knights were out to end this streak last night. That that well, was their – they I mean, were jonesed up and ready for this game. And, you know, Hill did an amazing job of holding these two powerhouses to only one goal last night. Well, and there's a good chance, Jer, that these two teams are going to meet uh, meet again in the, uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. There's a very good chance that it would be one heck of a series to watch. It would be incredible. I'm still, I'm still riding that Vegas train. I love their, I love their big defense. It'll be interesting to see if Edmonton does make any more moves uh, yeah. at the trade deadline. Um, but it, it was fun to watch. But you know what, Butch Goring, he tweeted something out uh, today, and I, I, I loved it. He was kind of given a shot at Pittsburgh and uh, Edmonton. He goes the Edmonton Oilers back in their heyday won 15 in a row, and that was without any overtimes back then. Yeah, that's crazy, right? That's amazing. Because, you know, I don't know the numbers, but the game, <laughs> there were a bunch of games with Detroit, with uh, Pittsburgh and, uh, and uh, Edmonton that they won games in overtime to, uh, to extend their streak. So 15 games at, at, in, back in, the, in that era was incredible. Oh, well, I, you know, you know and, what? And, you know, even even Keenan, our our Edmonton fan, saying, "Damn Hill, we got we got lit up by a by a hot goaltender." Yes, you did. That, yes, you did. There's no you, question about it. But you, um, know, you know who I got to meet at the North American Hockey League prospect tournament was Brian Trachek. Brian no way. was there. I got a great picture of him. I think I tweeted it out. Um, and Trotz, uh, he brought his six Stanley Cup rings and his Hall of Fame ring. So he had seven rings. And so he cool. So went, cool to the kids and what a gentleman he is yeah. man, oh man. And yeah he's awesome but listen hey you know Edmonton lost last night but just think if they would have won last night and they could start another run at it right now their next few games here Anaheim Kings okay yeah. both of them both of them are on on downsides right now they're both fluttering Anaheim's fluttered all year then they go home Detroit which they could beat St. Louis, which they should beat. Yeah. Uh, they go to Dallas, which could be a tough one. But they had a chance maybe to one, two, add four more pretty pretty easily yeah. to that. Then they go um, Arizona, which you could they could get at. Minnesota, Calgary. Like, they could have run off an epic, epic run. I had this conversation with Petey and Reve this morning on After the Whistle. And um, I, I – how do, you, how do you think they feel? Do you think they feel bummed today or – Pressure's off now. Let's get back. Pressure's off. Yeah, I think the pressure's off. I don't think – I think they're they're like they really couldn't give a shit one way or the other. But to your point about who – you know, their upcoming opponents, they've got 59 points right now. LA's in seven – they're and they're, they're – you know, because it, their starts was – their start to the season was so bad. LA's got 56, St. Louis 54, and Nashville 54. Edmonton's got to keep winning here. You know, they yes, can't – they can't go and lose four or five in a row. They yeah. could be on the side looking in. So yeah, there's there's no question about it. And you know, there's no I'm doubt they're going to make the playoffs. Oh, they're, they're making they're going to make the playoffs. We already said they're going to make the playoffs. But on the flip side, the team the team that has not been doing well is one we've talked about at length too. Is the Winnipeg Jets? What the hell happened to Winnipeg Jets? All four of a sudden, in a row. All four of a sudden, in a row. They went like 35 games where they didn't let up. More than three goals, three More goals. goals. Yes. More than three goals. Yes. And now all of a sudden, now they've lost four straight. They come in yesterday and, and get get blanked 
coming out of the all-star game. Um, this, and they just picked up, they just picked up Sean Monahan. So that's yeah. going to help, you know, Sean Monahan, I think is a good addition. It leads down that middle, whether it's a third line center. Um, I think a power play is going to improve with Monahan. But what's going on with Winnipeg? That I don't know. You know, they were in uh, they were in Pittsburgh last night, and Jerry shut the door on them. Pittsburgh got a big win. You know, they've got a couple games in hand. They're not out of this at all. If they win three, four, five in a row, they're in a playoff spot. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of surprising um, because they are such a strong uh, team defensively in their systems and so on. And Rick Bonus does a tremendous job with them. Connor Hallebach and, and Demko are probably your two finalists for uh, for the Vesna. Uh, there's yeah, these, 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 and, yeah, and, these guys. These guys are big guys, man. This is a big team. These guys can skate. Crazy. They can hit. You know, I'm uh, I'm sure I'm sure. Bonus right now is trying to get into their heads, trying to get them back on track. They uh, will. They will. They're they're too good, right? Yeah. Yeah, they are too good. Well, I, again, it comes all the way back to playing defense because they've been winning by playing defense and, you know, get, get some get some guys healthy back. And, you know, they're on the road for, I, I believe, for a little bit starting this uh, this road, this um, week, you know, this week. So, well, if they, can, you know, if they can muster a few wins and, and keep it going, could you imagine having a Winnipeg, like, say, a Winnipeg-Vancouver start or Edmonton-Vancouver that's I don't really want to see that. I don't want to see a Canadian no. team versus a Canadian team in the I, first round. I don't we haven't that. had a Canadian. We haven't had a Canadian team win the Stanley Cup since 1993. And we got to. I'm hoping that we keep these teams. Yeah. See, there we go. That's Pittsburgh, and we go into um, Philadelphia, which Philly's going to give them a hard run, man. Philly, I'm you. Philly they're, won. They're Philly won last night, two one over a good Florida team. A very good Florida team, and that's yes. Philly had kind of, you know, they kind of uh, uh, were starting to slide there the week uh, be- leading up to the All Star game. So Philly, yeah. uh, you know, well, they get to get they get to get Pittsburgh back again. Sorry, I got my glasses on because I can't see so well, but uh, you know, they're gonna they're, they they're gonna beat the the uh, San Jose Sharks. Then they got Vancouver. They got to go to Vancouver. That's gonna be a tough one. Calgary. I mean. They have they have a chance to just jump back on the bandwagon here and get some points, but um, well, uh, you know what? They might have made the Sean Monahan trade in, anyway, Jer. But it was uh, it was a trade they made. I think it was about forty eight or seventy two hours after Vancouver and Jim Rutherford. You know, Patrick Alvin's the GM there, but this has got uh, Jim Rutherford's fingerprints all over it. They picked. Oh up- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's a genius when it comes to picking up players at the right time. I mean, picking up Elias Lindholm and look, look what he does. Right? Two goals. Two goals. He comes in, scores two goals last night. That's no not, a, that is not an easy game for Vancouver to come out of the all-star break in going into Carolina, no. tough place to play. Uh, talk had them prepared and um, you, you got to feel good if you're Elias Lindholm. Absolutely. Two on the power play, right? How good is that? I was kicking myself last night because uh, because uh, Carolina was favored plus one thirty or I think one forty in that game, and I'm like, I don't know, Lindholm back, Lindholm in the lineup. Vancouver's got a good team, and uh, and sure enough, I should have bet on Vancouver because uh, that that was a big win last night, winning three two in Carolina. Yeah, that's again. So I mean. Look at look how happy he was. Again, look at look at him go to the net. I mean, this is what this kid does. He gets in front of the net. He's going to be good on the power play. He's got good hands. And you know, look at that tip. What a perfect place. Go to the action, Tim. That's where the goals are scored, right? Beautiful 100%. tip. You know, that's that's where Joe Pavelski does well. That's where, you know, where where Keith Kachuk made all of his money, right in front of the net, right? Tipping pucks, being that that uh that antagonist in front. So, hey, listen, Vancouver thinks they can win this thing. They went out and improved their team down the middle, bringing in Lindholm. And I, I, I got to tell you, I don't, I don't disagree with their thoughts and their, their, are, I think their we, aspirations. Are we biased because we love, you know, talks your buddy and my buddy? Are we biased that if, if the season ended today, he's getting the coach of the year, or do you think Tortorella is going to get strong consideration? And I'll just throw this out there. This is this is really crazy. Well, to but, answer your question really quick, yes, I am I am biased, but that's okay. 
But does Chris Knobloch all of a sudden get consideration? He just he came in and and has righted this ship in Edmonton somehow. When they looked, it was a dumpster fire in, in Edmonton, and all of a sudden they rattled off sixteen wins. Does he get consideration? I, I think, think I think he would be. I would think he would be in the top five. I mean, no. I I I don't see him being more than the top five right now in terms of coach. I think bonus would be up there before him. I think. Um, like you said, I think uh, um, talk is definitely leading the charge right now. Nobody uh, without, without question. Nobody expected Vancouver Jr. to be this good this year. Who's who, who's in Dallas? Who's who's coaching in Dallas? Pete DeBoer. Pete DeBoer. Very very quiet. Yeah. Dallas. How is about a- Dallas? How about Dallas? How good? How good is this team, Dallas? Nobody is talking about Dallas right now, and I don't know why because Dallas always seems to be one of those teams that always seem to be there. At the end, in the playoffs, they went for a long run a couple of years ago. They have fantastic offensive talent. They are third in the league in goals for Colorado's yeah. number one, Vancouver's number two, and Dallas is right behind them. And Dallas goes into um, into Buffalo last night. Buffalo played really good last night. So let me give let me give Buffalo some props right now. They came out of the All Star game and they just took it to Dallas. If it wasn't for Ottinger. Like, watch this, these plays by Ottinger. And this is why I like the Dallas Stars. They can put the puck in the net, and then they got a goaltender like this that can come up and literally win games by himself. The Buffalo Sabres had 48 shots last night and, and, and worked their ass off. Like, this is the effort that I want to see from the Buffalo Sabres more. If they play like this, they're going to win a lot of games the second half of the season. But Ottinger won this game for Dallas. And when yeah. you have a goaltender that can win – by himself and can steal games, that's a dangerous team. I love Dallas. I love their makeup. I love I love uh, the makeup of this team with the the young players and Wyatt Johnson and Robertson and these young players, but then the veteran leadership that they have in Pavelski and Ben and Suter, uh, phenomenal goaltending. They're in Toronto right now. They're losing one nothing to Toronto. Uh, but you're right. This is a Dallas team that is very, very strong. And to your point, no one's talking about them. They're flying under the radar. I wish the playoffs were starting tomorrow because it, it's going to be exciting. There's a lot of good teams, and there's going to be a lot of good races coming down to the uh, to the end. Yeah. Speaking of races, there's a race for the for the goal, the all time goals record. And Alex Ovechkin last night scored his tenth goal of the season. And no, you you heard me right. It's yeah. the tenth goal, and I think they've played fifty games. Uh, obviously, Alex hasn't played all fifty, but this is Alex's goal, and this is an amazing play by Dylan Strom for this goal to go in. Look at that pass! Unbelievable. That pass to Alex Ovechkin was unbelievable. Now, Alex Ovechkin doesn't score that goal if Dylan Strom doesn't have a swivel on his head and have the wherewithal to get that to Ovi. Ovi. And this is what this is what worries me about Ovi. Okay, he's too far away from the net. We just we just saw Elias Lindholm score two goals right in front of the net and be around the net. Alex Ovechkin scores a lot of his goals on the perimeter, whether they're one timers uh, from the other side on the power play or one timers like that on fantastic, beautiful feeds. But Dylan Strom is not going to be able to do that all the time, Tim. Dylan no. Strom is not a replacement for Backstrom. Dylan Strom is not a replacement for Kuznetsov, who's now in the substance abuse um, camp. Correct. Correct. Alex Ovechkin, Alex Ovechkin is in trouble in reaching in his quest for that all-time goal mark. Your thoughts? And and you're hundred percent right. And you know he can't be without. You know he can't be without Kuzi. Kuzi's a tremendous player, and I hope he does whatever's going on with him. And I wish him all the best in the in the substance abuse program. Um, but Ovi's minus 16 this year is plus minus. He's like, to your point, he's got, I think he's got 32 points, 10 goals and 22 assists. And this is not the same. First of all, he's not surrounded by the players that he once was. This team is not making the playoffs. Washington is not making the playoffs. So yeah. what sort of their GM dump players at the trade ted- deadline too? Like who knows what, what their lineup's going to look like. Uh, after the trade, well, deadline. it looks like there's some rumors that uh, Anthony Mantha could be gone. Um, Dylan Strom's name has been thrown out there. 
they do need to get some draft picks. They got to rebuild this team. Yeah, they um, they, it's it's time for a rebuild. Unfortunately, they're going to do they're going to do everything they can to surround Ovechkin with as many good players as possible. But I I think he, how many goals does Alex Ovechkin finish up with this year? 17, 18. Yeah, I said I said sixteen. So we're, we're kind of right on the on the same Great. page. And then talking about trades, you know, um, underachieving uh, underachievers here. Twenty eight asks who who do you think is going to make who's going to make the biggest move at the deadline team wise. First of all, Jair, that's my brother in Brantford, Ontario. That's that's underachiever. So shut yeah, up. Yeah, that's is it really oh, fantastic. I love thank, it. Thank you to Mike for uh, for support and snipes, snipes and stripes. I don't know who I wrote down earlier today, and I've and I've I just absolutely love this guy, and and I've heard through the grapevine that that uh, um, Craig Conroy doesn't want to trade him to Toronto to Treleving, but I would be doing everything in my power if I was a Toronto to try to get Tanev from Calgary. I love that's exactly what Toronto needs—a guy that block shots with his face the guy is just a ultimate warrior he's a guy i guarantee you is going to get moved at the trade deadline because every team needs a chris a chris tanev so i love the kid i love watching this kid this kid is energy shift in shift out game in game out but you does know? have any pieces to move like last year they brought in Lafferty, McCabe, Achari, they brought in three or four guys at the trade deadline and and they're all gone. And they're all gone <laughs> and you know McCabe's still there but but you know they don't have a lot of draft picks and so on to to trade for. I don't see Toronto I don't see them making a, a big move, you know. I it's hard again. Again, it's hard because look at look at how many players are making such big money in their top five or six top players. I mean, they're yeah. they're 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 top heavy with what fifty six million dollars between five players. I mean, that's a very difficult thing to have to cut to overcome. Whether that's going to whether that's going to impede a trade, I don't know. I'm I'm not a GM, but and the other thing, Jer, I was thinking about it when I was watching these games in Pittsburgh is that you don't see. Remember the Gilmore trade, Calgary to Toronto. It was four or five players from both yeah. sides, right? Like, yeah, used blockbusters, blockbusters, blockbuster trades. But they can't make those trades anymore because of the salary cap. So then, what happens? We lose a good coach in Todd McClellan in in LA, one of my favorite guys, because the GM, the GM and Rob Blake, his hands are tied because he can't make a big trade. They yeah. got that that they got that floater Dubois. That that's all he's doing is floating around right now. He's he's invisible, and so what happens? And that's why I think uh, Todd McClellan was the sixth or seventh coach fired this year. That's a yeah. term, that's a third, that's a, a quarter of the league almost. But yeah, that's actually an embarrassing that's an embarrassing place that every one of those kings should should feel <clears throat> right now. Uh, it is their fault that their coach is gone because the management didn't want to get rid of Todd Todd McClellan. We talked about this the other day about. Um, about Drew Doughty stepping up and calling out his players for being selfish, mm-hmm. only looking for their cookies. And if they don't get their cookies, they're, they're, you know, they're pouting and they're not, they're not, not pulling their weights. Um, we'll see what happens. Cause I mean, they have a, they have a substitute coach right now, an interim coach. I don't know who that, who they're going to bring in at some point or whether they'll go the rest of the way with this interim coach. Um, I know they brought down uh, what's his name from Ottawa. Did they bring down um, Jay Smith? Yeah. Whether yeah. that I mean that's that's not going to help them. The players, the play, the players, the players got to decide how to play. I will tell you know who usually know who usually does the big deals at the trade deadline. They always seem to go out and get exactly what they need, and that's the Boston Vegas. Bruins. In Vegas, in Vegas, yeah. yeah Boston, Boston, Boston Bruins always always make a very pinpoint precise trade to bring in either a uh, a core fourth or third line player a fifth or sixth defenseman or a, a, a KG veteran that is good you know that has Stanley Cup experience and they make themselves stronger yeah, right coming coming right down the, the the line towards the playoffs so look for Don Sweeney probably to bring some uh, some extra beef onto the Boston Bruins that's even that's after that. their great season that's a really good point as far as sellers 
you know, I read today Tarasenko's on his third agent in four years. He fired his agent and replaced him uh, yesterday. And obviously, he's going to get moved at the trade. Who did? Who did? Tarasenko. And in Ottawa. Why is Tarasenko moving so much? What's what's the problem with Tarasenko? He goes to the Rangers and then goes to Ottawa. Like He's selfish. He's selfish. He wasn't that popular in St. Louis. Um, he's selfish. It's all about him. And uh, if I was a team right now uh, that was looking to add a player for the playoffs, he would be the last person that I would add. Wow. He, wow. The, the Rangers picked him up. He did nothing in New York um, when they picked him up. And you're going to have to give, you know, probably maybe a first round or at least a, a couple second round draft picks. And I wouldn't do it for Tarasenko. I, I think his, his, yeah. his best days are behind him. And he's a fringe player. Not a fringe player. He's a uh, – uh, perimeter player now. He's all yeah. on the side, yeah. right? He's yeah. not scoring those goals in front of the net like we just saw with Lindholm. So it'll be, you know, and, and maybe Claude Giroux gets gets moved from Ottawa. Yeah, you know? well, I, hear, I hear Claude Giroux might be going back to Philly. Back to um, Philly. You know, that's a that's a he was a very popular player there, and he 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 had a great career there. He's respected there. I I can see that happening. Um, you know, we'll be talking about a lot of things over the next couple of weeks, but um, we're we're pretty close to the end of the season. Our rookies have been really good this year. Mm-hmm. Does does Connor Bedard win the Rookie of the Year this year? Because you got Fertilli's having a really good year. Um, Brock Faber's got twenty nine. Brock, Brock Faber, the strong defenseman, that great defenseman's having a great year. Um, you know, Connor Bedard. Hasn't played in five weeks, and this is a little uh, a little montage of how good a goal scorer this Connor Bedard is. I mean, he's he's living up to what everybody thought about in scoring goals. This guy's release is amazing. Watch this shot far side, boom! Like not even not even a chance for this goaltender to get this puck. Um, Connor Bedard has um, has electrified the United Center. Look at this goal! Like you you can't teach that. No, you can't teach these these shots what he's doing, scoring these goals and the position he's doing it. And this, of course, when you do this as a rookie, doing the the Michigan wraparound goal, um, I still think I think Connor Bedard still wins the rookie of the year, even though he hasn't played for the last five weeks. That's how good of a first first half that, that this kid had. Well, he's going to have to get back soon. I was talking to somebody in the Chicago Blackhawks organization actually uh, this morning, and uh Connor Bedard they think he's going to be back in the next two to three weeks so um he's he's ahead of favor by four points he's ahead of Fantilli yeah there, there he is there he is skating yep this is this up. is good news well that's uh, some good news he was up in he was up in Toronto at the all-star game so he got to see what it was like up there around all these that that have that attention on him he would have been playing in the game had he been healthy but um, that is good news for the Chicago Blackhawks that he's zipping around there. He does have the face mask on. Um, if I if I were to, if I were instructed, I'd tell him just get on, take the face mask off, get out there, start playing again because that's what I did. <laughs> you, you would sure. Okay, before we move on, you, we we talk, we're talking about Fantilli because he's a tremendous player. Okay. Yeah. I think it's uh, sixteen years now, sixteen or seventeen years. Um, that Yermo Kikalinen has been the GM, okay? Mm-hmm. You never talk about Columbus because they're not a sexy team to talk about because they suck every year. They really do. They suck. It's like everybody wants out of there. You know, every good player wants out of there, um, except except Johnny Goudreau, for whatever reason, he, he picked Columbus. Because his, wife, his wife's from Columbus. Uh, I thought, oh, is he, he's from New Jersey, I think. No, his wife's from Columbus. Yeah, he's from New Jersey. He's from Philly, at the Philly area, New Jersey. Area. Area. Yeah. But at what point in time do the do, does the ownership of Columbus say, okay, Yarmo, you've been our agent or our GM for 16, 17 years. We've made the playoffs once or twice. We got to let you go and move on and because it's not working there, buddy. It's not working. Like, that guy's, that guy's yeah. got – somebody or something because for him to have that job for 16 17 years and, and with that track record i don't know of any gm in the league that would be that would survive this yeah you don't see very many european gms in the national hockey league do you it's 
if any, outside of of Gigalinen, right? He's, he's, uh, he's the only one. And, and JD, John Davidson, who you and I both love, I love JD. I've got a tremendous amount of respect for him. He was He's the president of the Blue Jackets. He was the president uh, here in uh, St. Louis. And he's the one that, that uh, appointed Yarmo as the GM. But I don't know. It's uh, it's is it, how much longer can you keep doing it? It's a, it's a, yeah. you know, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I, I agree with you. I mean, it almost seems like they need just to sweep the sweep the office, sweep the team. It's it's. I mean, they they work hard, they try hard, but um, for some reason they just can't get over over that hurdle. I mean, the greatest thing that's happened to Columbus was beating Tampa after Tampa's record-breaking yep. uh, season win a couple of years ago. But since then, it has, it's been anticlimactic. And I feel bad for them because Columbus is a great town. And they have great fans. They really do yeah. have really good fans. They have so, phenomenal yeah. fans. I worked the first ever 24 years ago, however long they've been in the league. I worked the first ever uh, Columbus Blue Jackets game, opening night there. And to this day, they still – Pack that building with yeah. a crappy team. I, well, uh, you know, Rock and Reese says, "How long did they have their lease for?" I said, "It doesn't matter. It's not. It's not the fans. It's not the city. It's no. the players. It's players oh. that got to get it done. You mm-hmm. know, it's the management bringing in the right players. And listen, they brought in. They brought in Lion A. You thought that would be okay. He, he's a dud. He's you know, a he's dude. lazy. He's a lazy dud. I, I, literally, Johnny Hockey, who you've heard of all the time, you don't hear about him anymore." Never. You literally don't even realize that he's in the National Hockey League anymore. You never hear of Johnny Goodrow anymore. Nope. You heard a lot about him when he was in Calgary, right? You did. And he was he was lighting it up in Calgary. But it's almost like, you know, he signed a big contract. He went to Columbus. And it's like, poof, he disappears. Um, I, I, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it really is, uh, you know. And then Huberdeau's in Calgary and kind of the same thing, you know, Huberdeau, Huberdeau, Huberdeau misses his boy, Sasha. Easy Bar- for you to say. Right. Misses his boy, Sasha Barkoff. And the same thing probably with Goudreau. He misses uh, playing with Matt, with Matthew Kachuk. So it's a problem there and I don't know how it's going to end, but it's, uh, it's not, it's not, it's not good. That's for sure. So that's a team that's not going to make the playoffs. Do you think, uh, there were some things that came out today about Arizona and uh, talking about that the league basically, uh, I think it was Elliot Friedman, who's pretty dialed in in uh, Hockey Night in Canada and Sportsnet in Canada, uh, said that the ownership group there has approximately two to three weeks to basically get their shit together. And are you going to build a building? Is there going to be a They're not. They're not. They won't and, do it. Um, and they had a chance. They had a chance. Their best opportunity just got bypassed. Their best, mm-hmm. oppor- their best opportunity to get one built in Tempe just got bypassed because they didn't put boots on the ground and get people to, to vote the proper way. You know, they, they expected people to come out and do it. And when you're in a place like Arizona, when people are out golfing or they're out playing tennis or they're doing other things, they needed to put boots on the ground and go out and get people to vote, go knock on doors. They should have had all the team. They should have had all their, you know, all their, you know, their season ticket holders just going from door to door, getting every signature they possibly could to get this thing done. If they didn't do it, I really, I, I think the Arizona Coyotes ownership is terrible. I think the players are fantastic. I think they've worked their asses off. Here's the quote by Elliot Friedman on the Coyotes. I think that we are coming to the end of the line with this ownership group. I believe there isn't something hard and fast in place in the next, in the very near future. They will begin the process of selling the team or the NHL taking over them and moving them. So, you know. NHL's already owned this team once before. And uh, and what's really unfortunate um, is you played in, in Arizona and and in the old American Airlines arena that was downtown, those buildings, that building was sold out. They have, they have a lot of great hockey fans in, in the Phoenix area, in the in that area. And oh, they, 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 listen, we were it was packed for us when we were when we were downtown. Now you had 16,500 16, every game. The whiteout was crazy. Right? 
right? You know, we had a fun team to watch. We were competitive. We were, you know, we had some, we had great players. And listen, this team that, that, that's there right now is fun to watch. They, they, they play hard. They play physical. They play offensive. They, they, you know, they play with energy. Even though they play in a, in a, in a college arena, which is embarrassing. Embarrassing. Um, you know, they, they're the, the ownership is their, is their, they're their own worst enemy. Yeah. And I'll tell you that. I, I think the coach has done an amazing job of getting this team to play right. They have a chance to make the playoffs. They're only six points back of a playoff spot. They, I mean, they have to jump two teams, I understand. But if they're, they, not, if they, they're not making the playoffs. I'm, they, not, they, saying, I'm not saying they can. But I know. If, you, if you ask anybody right now in Arizona, if you had a chance to make the playoffs, you coming down to the last 25, 30 games and you're in the hunt, would you be happy? And they all, all of them would say, absolutely. Because yeah. most of them would think, we don't even have a chance from the day one. I know. So does Billy Armstrong, you were talking about sellers earlier, does Billy Armstrong move a, move a, a Jason Zucker? Does he move some pieces because he's, he knows he's not going to make it? You know, they're, they're 49 points. they got to catch St. Louis. They're five points behind. I just don't see Arizona making it. And it's unfortunate because – uh, it's a it's a good hockey market, and the yeah. problem. The other, and the other thing is, they're talking about moving, expanding to Salt Lake City, which I think would be a good move. But they're also talking about expanding in in Atlanta, and I'm like, Uncle, you guys have already done that twice. I worked in Uncle, Atlanta. I, Uncle, I, I worked. The worst thing that they could possibly do is move into them. I worked there. They had a beautiful building, and they still couldn't get any fans there. Uh, it sucked. I, I, it was. You I, know what? Pro sports in Atlanta sucks. Yeah, it does. You know, they didn't. They didn't even support the Atlanta Braves back in the '90s when they were winning all those championships. The only team that actually will bring some fans in is the is the Falcons, but it's only one time a week, eight times correct. a year. Correct. You know the, the the most popular team in Atlanta is the Georgia Bulldogs. That's it. Yeah. And you know this is here the Atlanta the, the old Atlanta uh, Flames. I mean. Yeah, there are people in the stands, but this is back in the seventies, right? This is this yeah. is one team. Then yeah. they then they left, right? They went to Calgary, and then in comes another team. You know, twenty years later with the Thrashers. Yeah, they, they were there for a cup of coffee, and then they moved to Winnipeg. So if Gary Bettman brings another team to Atlanta, and three years from now there's five thousand people in in the stands. Gary Bettman is going to be embarrassed and is going to have, be, have hell to pay to all these other 30, 32, 33 National Hockey League teams. But you know what they're going to get, Jer? The the uh, Ottawa Senators, I said, I think Michael Anlauer bought that team for $800 million, okay? You know what they're going to get for a, for a franchise? $1 billion. As Mike Myers would say, $1 billion. Boy. And billion dollars and you're talking then you're talking 30 million dollars per team you bring in two teams you're talking 60 70 million that every team right, well, let's do that to a team where you can have where you can get generate good revenue from okay like like maybe like salt lake maybe like houston i don't know batman has he has us burr up his ass for Quebec City. I was just going to say, put, put him in Quebec over over Atlanta. Yeah, but you know what Quebec did? Quebec, Quebec played their cards wrong because they, the city and, and all the top guns up there, they wanted a team, they wanted a team, and Gary wouldn't give them a team. So you know what they did? They went behind his back and they built a brand new, huge arena, thinking if they have an arena, maybe they'll give us a team. And I think that pissed Gary off and said, we're not going to give you a team. And he, that question was asked to Gary at the All-Star game this, this year. And he almost was kind of frustrated at the question and was kind of kind of snippy at the reporter about the answer about Quebec, right? Mm -hmm. So um, – A question for you, uh, because uh, the Pee Wee Quebec is actually going on. Uh, yeah, I'm on my way up there this weekend. I'm going to be up there this weekend up in Quebec. Where? Yeah. Okay. Well, my question to you, a couple things. One, uh, and then we'll get going here soon, but – uh, there's a team from St. Louis they represent every year. Uh, John Wenzel, the former player, yep, sure, a big ambassador for the Blues, and he's a legend up at the Pee Wee Quebec. So if you get a chance, you see the 2011 St. Louis Blues AAA. Make sure you say hi to them. 
my question to you was though did you play in the peewee quebec JR? i did i did i played twice i played for the uh for the junior whalers my first year when i lived in connecticut then i moved down to virginia and played the, my next year as the junior capitals and um my one year i scored seven goals in one game and i think no. i think yeah and i think uh wayne gretzky had the record at eight uh, I scored seven in, in the international division. Yeah, it was it was the, by far the greatest hockey experience as a young kid that you could ever have. There's like 2,000 teams in Quebec. You go stay with a billet. You stay with a with a local family. You don't understand the language, but you get to get in, in, engulfed into the community and into the heritage. Beautiful and it's city. Just, it's a beautiful city. Um, you know that this building, the building, the kids. Look at this. Look at the kids up there. Uh, these kids are going into the big arena. They're playing in front of a packed, packed NHL arena. I mean, it's what awesome. an unbelievable experience for these kids to be able to play in front of so many people. This horns go off. Their names being called off on the on the intercom. I mean, this was an experience for me that I, that I'll never forget, and made me want to become a pro hockey player so I can play in front of more people like I did there. I'm excited to get up there this weekend. It's going to be a blast, and these kids are going to have a have a lifetime of memories because of this this tournament. Well, Bronson's Bronson, my my eleven, he'll be twelve in July. He's eligible if he makes the Triple A team uh, this upcoming year. He'll we'll be going to that that Pee Wee Quebec, and I I think that would be an a, 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 an awesome experience. My question to you: How did you go to play down in Virginia? What because back then Virginia, my, my, no, it was it was it was it was my dad's job. He got he worked for Mobile. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. he went to go play for a team. No, 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 no. Family moved. Like, back family then, moved. they wouldn't have had very good teams in Virginia. No, I was 11 years old, 10 years old. Family moved. You know, I was a peewee. Yeah, we went down there, and um, we it was the Washington Metros. Um, my dad was a coach, and we changed the team name to the Junior Capitals. And went up and actually played pretty well up there. And um, it was a lot of fun. So that's how I went down there. And I actually, I, I only played there for two, year, two years. And then the third year that I was in Virginia, I actually traveled up to New Jersey to play in New Jersey every weekend. And we won two national championships with the New Jersey Rockets. So um, awesome. crazy. So listen, awesome. it's, uh, it's the end of the show. We do have hey, we, we thank before you. Do your, before you do your sign off, I, I do, because I know, this is important to me to give a shout out because you're a big supporter of the military this weekend uh starting on friday the st louis blues warriors are hosting a tournament here in st louis at centene where the blues practice they've got 30 teams of warriors from all over the country coming wow. in they're going to have five to six hundred veterans uh that that served our country and some of them still serve our country and I'm going to referee the all-star game on Friday night. The Blues, uh, the Warriors are putting an all-star team together, and they're going to play the Blues alumni. Uh, That's it's going awesome. To be, it's going to be a great event. I'll see if I can get up and down the ice. But a shout-out to that tournament and to our veterans, and thank you for what you, you've done for us and continue to do. That we got to support our veterans. They are so important to us. Our military is so important to us. Our country is so important to us. I just wish that, um, that our government would take care of them a little bit better than they are doing right now, rather than giving money to all these illegal immigrants in Ukraine and all this stuff. Take care of, take care of our guys first. Um, but we want to thank um, Whiskey in the Wild, obviously, for one of our sponsorships. We want to uh, thank you, thank Bet Online, an amazing place to go make your bets and get richer every weekend. And you're going to help people get richer right now, Tim, by giving somebody a good bet for Friday's game. We're going to give everybody a couple days to uh, get ready for Friday. Friday game, we got three games, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Rangers, Chicago, Edmonton at Anaheim. Who who are you picking on Friday as your best bet of the night? Hold on, you caught me off guard because I I had had uh I had, had Vancouver over Boston. Uh maybe I got the wrong day here. Oh, that's I've tomorrow. Got... That's tomorrow. You want to do tomorrow's game? Tomorrow's game, Vancouver. You take it yes, Vancouver that's, over Boston. The game I was gonna pick was tomorrow. Uh, there's a schedule. Good job, Smitty. You're on it. You're on fire tonight. I've got Boston is favored at minus 130, but I think Vancouver is humming right now, and I'm going to take Vancouver. Huh. You Boston. think? You think? Yeah. With Lindholm in the lineup now, and I'm going to take Vancouver at plus 130 in Boston, buddy. 
All right. Well, I am the team that I that I am picking is the team to look forward to and to look out for the second half, and that's the New York Islanders. I think the New York Islanders are going to um, raise some eyebrows with uh, Patrick Watt at the helm. They came in last night. They they beat Toronto in Toronto last night. Uh, they had a good start to the second half. They are playing Tampa, and I'm not saying that I want. I think the Islanders are going to win because I want Kucherov to lose because I want him to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I want him to feel a little pain after his all-star debacle. Um, I still want Kucherov to have a good year, but I want him. To, I want him to lose tomorrow against the Islanders because I think the Islanders are something to be reckoned with. I'm going with the Islanders tomorrow. I love Tampa. it. I love it. Right. Great show, buddy. Great show, guys. Again, this Wednesday. And it is a beautiful day to be talking about hockey where you are. It's not a beautiful day for me here in San Diego because it is epic rains. I am starting to build the ark right now. You go get all the animals. We've had more rain in the last three days than we've had in the last 10 years. So I will stay dry. You stay, you stay beautiful. And that's another episode of Snipes and Stripes on nofilter.net. You want to send us off with a with parting word, Tim? No, just have fun in Quebec, buddy. I'm sure that's going to bring back a lot of great memories. Those kids will be, they'll be uh, honored to meet you up there. And I know how you are with the kids. So I, I will have fun in Quebec. And everybody on the show, thank you for joining us. You guys have a great weekend. And we will see you Monday on Snipes and Stripes Weekend Edition. Have a great one, everybody. Take care.